are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Yes, we all will spend eternity somewhere. Everyone in this room will die one day and go to a place called heaven or a place called hell. Every single person, none of us without exception. Everyone will stand before God one day. The books will be open. They who are not written in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. People do not go to hell because they murder, or they steal, or they rob. People go to hell because they have not received Jesus Christ. They rejected the love of Christ. What an awesome responsibility we have. Are you saved? In elementary kids, with our elementary choir, children in the chapel, we sang just last week, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. And they shouted out, amen. If you're saved and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're saved and you know it, we have all the different ones. Clap your hands. It's, it's God's desire that you might know that you have eternal life. This life is in his son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. How could a loving God send anybody to hell? He doesn't. We send ourselves there. Because the Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God sent his Son, he who was rich, yet for your sake, for my sake, became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. Jesus left heaven's glory. He, he, he was in a perfect, splendid place without sin, for he is no sin. And yet he was willing to come, and for your sake and for my sake, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. Someone has to pay the penalty for sin. You say, well, I'm not a sinner. Oh, yes, you are. For the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person is born into this world a sinner. We're all the same. We're sinners. He, Acts 19, 17, 9, we're born of the same blood, sinful blood. Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross. He became sin for us. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took upon the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man. That's when he came to earth as a babe. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, Jesus had to die for sin because we're all sinners. And Jesus took my place that I might be reconciled back to God. For God made him, Jesus, to be sin for me. Me over here, the sinner who was born in sin. No one had to teach me to lie. No one had to teach me to be mean. No one had to teach me to get, uh, disagree with my sisters. That was natural. 
I was a sinner. But God sent Jesus who became sin for me. Jesus who knew no sin that Jack, traitor of the unrighteous, should be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We have a man. He had quite a life. He was a great, great life. There's two men. We had two destinations here. One's heaven and one's hell. And we have a man that goes to heaven and one man goes to hell. And the Bible said there was one man who was a rich man, verse 19. And there was a beggar, verse 20, Lazarus. He was full of sores. And verse 21, the dogs licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried in the angel by Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried <laughs> and in hell. The rich man went to hell not because he was rich. Money has nothing to do with it. The thief on the cross was not a rich man, but he went to heaven because he placed his trust on the cross in Jesus Christ who died on the cross. And here's a rich man. He dies and he goes to hell because he rejected the love of God. And here's a beggar, a poor man, a man who had sores. He went to heaven. I want you to see this prayer as we look at verse number 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father, here's his prayer. Father, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me. Send Lazarus, may he may dip the tip of his finger in water. That, that, finger that was full of sores and pus. That, that looked so vile when he was on planet Earth, but he said, I'm tormented. I'm tormented in this flame. I want you to know several things about this prayer that motivated this man to pray. One was his torment, his pain, his anguish. We've had people I don't know the number, you would undoubtedly know it. Scores of people now perished in Paradise, California. Perhaps you've been in that little town and 12 or 14,000 structures, I don't know how many, but just scores of structures. Our pastor, Brother Rule, who teaches in our college on Tuesday in Chico, his church has become the headquarters for FEMA. It's become a headquarters for a, a pharmacy they have set up. The, the guard is there, the military are there. They're housing people in their gym and property. It's just an amazing thing what that pastor's doing to his people. But I would say this. Someone said, paradise, and I'm not trying to be blasphemous when I say this, paradise now looks like hell. I told that statement to my wife, and she said the difference is hell the flame is never put out. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. When I was a teenager, a man by the name of John F. Kennedy was shot and killed. I'll never forget I was in seventh grade. And when he was killed that day, our principal came by and told us about his death in our class public school not far from here. We all went to our desk and we kneeled and we prayed for our country. We prayed for Mrs. Kennedy, I'll never forget it. School was in dismissed. I began to fold my papers that day and delivered my papers and the next day the full paper 
of the death of John F. Kennedy. I still have that paper. It's an amazing story. Two years later, I went to Washington, D.C. in 1965. While I was there, they said, we want you to see what is called the eternal flame. They've moved him to another location now, the eternal flame. That flame burns all the time. But that flame is dependent upon the ability of man to keep the natural gas going. But God doesn't need man. To me, it's an amazing thing we see that in the fire in the Bible is either for right or for wrong. Fire in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the demonstration of God, how he can rest on a life and help a life. And fire in the Bible is also judgment. We had a thousand fires in California three summers ago when we decided that this would be a sodomite state. They were started by heat lightning. God is in charge of the weather, ladies and gentlemen. We have been under smoke in our area. If you're watching in the hundred some countries that watch, we're in an area full of smoke these days. But isn't it interesting that at two o'clock every day, generally God sends the wind in and blows everything out and the wind has stopped. You can say what you want, but God's trying to wake us up. God's trying to wake this country up. God's trying to stir us and it needs to begin with the people of God at the house of God. Doesn't need to start with the president or the Congress or the White House. Doesn't need to start in the Senate or in the Supreme Court. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, there needs to be revival. What we do in the ballot box is minute compared to what we do at the house of God. And I voted, and I think you should vote. But I see this man's torment is found in verse 23. And in hell, he lifted his up his eyes, being in torment. Look what he says in verse 24. And he cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, for I am tormented in this flame. The last word in verse 25, tormented. The last word in verse 28, tormented. Sometimes people make fun of hell. They say, yeah, I go to hell. Yeah, I know to go to hell. I'll have a big party and live it up with my friends. I find no indication in the Bible that there's a party in hell. My Bible says elsewhere in the Bible whose fire is not quenched. It's not an earth-made eternal flame. It's a God-made eternal judgment. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. What motivated his prayer? He was in hell and pain. What motivated his prayer? Verse 28, his brothers. His brothers. He said in verse 20, 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren lest they testify, and that he may testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. I don't want my brothers, my sisters, my mother, my dad, my family to come to a place like this. Would you send somebody? Would you send a soul winner? I saw last night Brother Kayon at prayer meeting. Brother Kayon's one of our good men here, serves the Lord. And he and Ron, 
grew up together at age 13 in Florida. Donald, who's here today, those twin boys, and Kehon, they, they knew one another as teenagers. Lived in hard situations. But a bus worker came by. All three of those men, preachers of the gospel today, here today, serving God today with their life. No, they did not reject the things of God. They received the things of God. Sometimes I think, well, you wonder, are these bus kids gonna make it? Many do. And so many of them will come every week. There'll be someone here this morning at the door. They'll say to me, I, I, I'm an adult now. I came to this church on the bus. I've gotten away from the Lord. I went to a, a doctor to get a root canal here recently on the lunch hour. And I went over there and I said, how long will this be? So we can have you back to work. And I got it done. I got it over and done with. And I was giving the lady a gospel track, gave it to the doctor. And the doctor said, no, I don't need that. Give it to her. She'd like it. And she said, North Valley Baptist Church. She said, Pastor, my, I go to church. I'm a single mother. My boys are now raised, but my boys grew up on your buses. They found the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior by riding your buses. Thank God for the buses. She goes, I love North Valley Baptist Church as she handed me my bill. Said insurance didn't pay for this one, but praise God anyway. I want to say he had brothers. Can you imagine having a father or a mother or a son or a daughter or a parent without Christ? Without Christ, one of our young men, and you just know we had prayer for him and his wife and his two girls as they left here and they stopped off in the Hawaii to see their family and then went to the land of the Philippines to take a church and start a church or reopen a church. And Brother Marlon's dad died suddenly here this last year and he was in our college and he was so brokenhearted because his dad died without Christ. His family said, come back to the Philippines and conduct the service. You're a preacher, you're coming back here anyway, so come early and come and take care of this before you go back to America and get your family. He went and he said, I was just so despondent that my dad, I had witnessed to my dad, I'd, I poured my heart out to my dad, and my dad never received Christ as his savior. And now my dad dies suddenly, and now I'm living with this pain in my heart that my dad was lost without Christ, never born again. And he said, I looked in the mirror while I was there. I said, I'm going to be speaking at my dad's funeral. His hair, a little shabby. I need to go get a haircut. And he walked down the streets of the Philippines. You've ever been there? It's a wonderful place. All oh, the Philippines so amazing. And they went to a barber. And the barber began to cut his hair. I said, what's your name? He says, Marlon. He said, I've never, the barber said, I've never seen you here before. He goes, well, I'm not from here. He said, I, I, I'm from America, but I'm coming back to the Philippines. I want to pastor a church. He said, son, are you a Christian? He goes, I am. He said, well, why are you here? He said, my dad died. My father passed away. I'm here to conduct. Who's your dad? He gave him his name, but he goes, he died without Christ. The barber said, oh, let me tell you something. A few weeks ago, your dad was sitting in this exact same chair where you're sitting right now. 
I had been his friend for years. I had witnessed him and talked to him about the love of God. As I spun him around and talked to him that day, I said, you've got to get saved. I went through the plan of salvation and right in the same chair where you're sitting right now, he bowed his head and asked Jesus Christ to be his personal savior. Can you imagine the joy of that young man's heart as he preached and so many of his family members got saved and he told them that story? Friend, it's appointed a man once to die. We will stand before God. He said, send somebody to my brothers. I wonder if you have loved ones you've tried to reach and they're in this city or this state or this country and, and, and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed how that God might just send someone. You've tried, they've rejected it. And someone to knock on the door of your dad's, your dad's home or your mother's home or your brother's home and take the gospel. That's why the bus ministry is so important and so winning, so important and passing out gospel tracts. I have five brethren, he said. I don't want them coming here. No, there's not a party in hell. I see his prayer. What motivated his prayer was his tormented. What motivated his prayer was his brothers. Verse 25, what motivated his prayer was his memory. And Abraham said, son, remember? Remember? Thou in thy lifetime receivest good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now is he comforted thou art tormented? People will have a lifetime of memory in a place called hell. If you're in this great auditorium or you're listening on radio or on the live streaming right now, one day if you reject the love of God and you die and go to a place called hell, you'll remember this service. You'll remember the fact that I was in Santa Clara, California and a man said there's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell and people die and go to heaven when they've been born again and people die and go to a place called hell when they rejected the love of God. You'll relive this morning service. A lady sang. I remember she had uh, blonde hair. I'm looking there because I want to make sure what she's wearing. Let's see, a gold, yellow, whatever it is, jacket. She stood there and she sang how so blessed she had been. I remember a man came and he read the scripture. I remember four siblings came, adult people now, they sang a song together about one drop of blood the choir, that, that choir, there's an orchestra, and they say, won't it be wonderful there? Having no sorrows to share. That's gonna be wonderful to be in heaven. But I rejected it. They had ushers come down, it's an army of ushers. And we received an offering that day. I could have given, or I did give, I don't know. And the preacher stood and preached about prayers in the Bible. He talked about a man praying in hell. That was the day I said yes if it got saved. That was the day I said no. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes and he said, I remember. I remember a Sunday school teacher. I remember a mother praying for me. I remember. In hell today, there are people that are remembering 
opportunities that were given them when they said no to God. You can say no to man all you want, but never say no to God. Years ago, I began to make a statement in this church, obey every spiritual impulse. The Spirit of God is telling you right now, there's never been a point in your life when you were saved. There's never been a point in your life when you were born again. Then this is the day to get saved. Oh, I'll never forget that night when I got saved so many years ago. I find that in his prayer was motivated by his torment, by his brothers, by his memory. But let me close. His prayer is motivated by his separation. Look at verse 26. Besides all this, there's a great gulf fixed between and so that they could not pass from hence and cannot, neither can they come pass to us that would come hence. He said, I, I'm separated. Apparently in this text he could see in heaven, he could see Lazarus. I don't understand all that, but that's God's word. On one occasion, I went to Alcatraz and I think most of you probably have done that same thing. I was not mesmerized by the escapes and all oh, that's very interesting. But what got me was when they brought us to that, that cell block area where the worst of the worst would come. Of course, El Capone and all the notorious criminals that would not obey in the other prison systems came there. But then in Alcatraz, when you would not obey they would send you to this ward and you know about it. And it was open. It wasn't closed, it was open and, and, and you're just off San Francisco Fisherman's Wharf. And because of the water, and it serves as a microphone. You can hear at times the trolley car ringing as it comes across to those are the worst of the worst. And they'd look you into the city. You could see the lights. And sometimes you could hear the activity of that city. You could see freedom. You couldn't touch freedom. You could not experience it. It drive them crazy. It just drive them crazy. And in hell, this rich man, he sees Lazarus. You're in heaven, but I'm here in hell. I read the account of years ago, two senators from Georgia, Mr. Toombs, spelled with double O, Mr. Toombs and Mr. Pierce. They were both very good senators so many years ago, and they were dear friends. Mr. Pierce, George Pierce, the senator, came one time, United States senator, and they were having dinner together with their families. And Pierce said, Toombs, Tombs, you've got it made. You have this beautiful home. You have a sweet family. You have a beautiful wife. Tombs, I want to say something to you. Pierce was a saved, born-again man, and Tombs was a blasphemy, rejected God. And he called his wife by her first name. He says, Tombs, I want to tell you something. We'll just call her Sally. One day, 
you'll never see Sally again. He said, what are you talking about? We have a good marriage. She's not leaving. He said, oh, one day she will leave. And your dear wife has asked Jesus Christ to be her savior. She's pled with you to get saved. She's given you the plan of salvation. And every time you say no, no, no. And they said, Tombs, I want to tell you something. Pierce said, Tombs, one day she'll die, but she'll go to heaven. And one day you'll die and you'll go to a place called hell and you'll be in torment and she'll be in a place of peace without suffering, without pain. Tombs, tombs, you'll be forever apart. He saw today, that day, he said, I'm a sinner. She's pled with me. She's pled with me. She's talked to me. She showed me how to get saved. He said, Pierce, today's the day. Today's the day. Would you lead me to a personal relationship and salvation with Jesus Christ? And they bowed their heads. Tombs began to cry out, dear God. Tombs is a sinner. I deserve hell. But I ask Jesus Christ to forgive me my sin. I receive you as my Savior. You know that day the Bible tells us that when he got saved, he got eternal life. Yes, he received eternal life. He received the forgiveness of sins, but his name was written in the book of life. One day that book is going to be opened. For all must stand before God in the Beam of seat judgment is where Christians stand and we're not judged for our sins, we're judged for our works. But one day after the tribulation, and there's coming a tribulation on planet Earth for seven years. One day the, those that have died and those that have living in that tribulation thereafter, the book will be open. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Not much preaching about hell today because most of our denominations, including Baptists, no longer believe it's real. The metaphysics of, of yoga, a book that has been printed, says this, and I quote from its book. It's the textbook on yoga and psychology and metaphysics. Yoga includes all branches of physics and metaphysics. Then in their book, they say this, heaven and hell are simply the products of a man's mind. No, it's the word of God. And then they said, yoga is a system that stands behind. Now you listen to this. As your hospital cares and as your companies push yoga, yoga stands behind magic, mysticism, and the occult. There are now 1.5 million witches in America. The Presbyterian Church has a membership of 1.4 million. They have given themselves over, they say, to Satan. Some of you have read the accounts how the witches gathered together 
after the president was elected and said, we are gonna have prayer meetings to our leader, Lucifer, the devil. And we're gonna pray that everything that that president does will fail. We hate him. I'm not waving the flag for Mr. Trump or anybody. I'm just saying it's real, friend. We toy with everything in this society. We'll toy with yoga, but we'll forget about God. We'll toy with money and pleasure and sports and fun and activity and business. We have room for pleasure, room for business, but for Christ the crucified. It's 12 o'clock. We're out of time. It's appointed a man wants to die. There's a place called heaven. There's a place called hell. I got saved 62 years ago. I wish I could tell you in those 62 years I've lived, I, sometimes I feel like I've lived more bad than good. Maybe you're that way too. I feel like what Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. But it's not my righteousness I'm dependent upon. It's his righteousness. There's a man praying in hell. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.